Barum is relationships. Barum is you and me and everyone in America. What are you talking about? The room is different cookie cutter mm-hmm. from Hollywood. Yeah, man, you never know. People are very strange these days. What's going on? Welcome to the Room Minute, the podcast where we get obsessed with the cinematic classic, The Room, one minute at a time. You have no idea what kind of trouble you're in here, do you? Why are you so hysterical? We always wanted people actually talk about it. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Allison. Oh, hi, Rob. Oh, hi, listeners. We're here to talk about Minute 73 of The Room, in which Lisa is an expert at punctuating conversations with groceries. We continue. Lisa and Michelle are preparing for the party. There's going to be some editing issues with this scene and its placement. I think next minute more is the problem, but we'll talk about it as we go. First of all, we just learned, right before recording, Allison, you said you've never had a pillow fight. Yeah, I've never had a pillow fight. I think I'm hanging out with the wrong group of girls, because clearly this happens a lot. People just have pillow fights. I I feel very left out. They definitely do. And maybe it's because, did you not watch a lot of television as a kid? I mean, I've definitely heard of the concept of a pillow fight. Right. I feel like every sleepover episode of like a sitcom when I was a kid had a pillow fight. And so I think we just assumed it was normal. And so I had six older sisters. Inevitably, we all hit someone with a pillow at some point. So left out. I'm so left out. I don't know. (laughs) I must have gone to the wrong sleepovers. Something. To be fair, Lisa is really bad at her pillow fight here. Because what Michelle hits her with a pillow and Lisa just grabs it. She doesn't grab it and swing it back. She doesn't grab a different pillow. It's it's not a very good pillow fight, so... She's a pacifist. <laughs> How much pillow violence is considered a pillow fight? Oh, hi, Luke. Hi. I think you gotta have at least... You need a pattern. So what is a, a pattern technically is three things. So three hits with a pillow. Okay. And really to be a fight, both people have to be hitting. If one person just hits you over and over with a pillow, that's not a fight. That's just abuse. I mean, because I've done things pretty regularly with my family for all sitting down. I mean, we end up, like, throwing cushions at each other for yeah. a bit, but... Oh, That's yeah. Not really a pillow fight. Pillows it's that are on the couch, you just throw those across the room just to annoy people. Yeah. Classic. And then at people, and yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've had a full pillow fight, but then, yeah, I, TV and film seems to set that more as like a, a young girl's thing than guys, but. Yeah. I, I want to have a pillow fight. <laughs> Maybe it's just because I'm older. The sitcoms when I was a kid just were different, and every sleepover had a pillow fight. I don't know. No, I've definitely heard, I know that that's like, I don't know if like stereotypes the right word, it's probably not, but like, also probably folklore is not, the, it's like in, I always <laughs> thought it was in folklore, I always thought it was in boys' imaginations that pillow fights happened at girls' sleepovers, I didn't know they actually happened. Yeah, that's how I perceived it. Because, well, yeah, it, can, it can be both. I think, like, <laughs> girls take off their clothes, start hitting each other with pillows, and that's what girls do at sleepovers. Well, who do you think writes movies and TV shows most of the time? <laughs> it's guys. So, of course, it's going to be a pillow fight. I was, I was going to say, yeah, I feel like there's less of that just among, like, innocents. I think the most I hear of pillow fights is, yeah, sort of like the, the sex comedy yeah. fantasy idea. So anyway, the pillow fight comes up because Lisa is unpacking the bag of groceries that we didn't see Mark drop off last week, even though he did. 
and she doesn't want to talk to Michelle about her relationship with Mark. I don't want to talk about it. Which is weird, because Lisa seems to want to talk about it with everybody. I was going to say, and she, she also seems to not want to talk about it with everybody as well. Right, yeah. <laughs> She's very eager to say, I'm in love with Mark, not Johnny, but no, I don't want to talk about details, you know. Yeah. Can we talk about the fact that she can't seem to take stuff out of the bag and talk at the same time? She takes one thing out and then, <laughs> yes. and then has to like carry on talking before she does the next thing. Yeah, I, I don't, don't see what, what the big, big deal, deal is. She pulls out bread. Doesn't, Doesn't everybody, everybody look out, look out for, number out for one? one? She pulls out chips. Don't, don't I, I deserve, deserve the, the best? best? She pulls out more chips or possibly pretzels. Uh, <laughs> like, um, you know, you can say your lines and do things. Multitasking's uh, hard. Not, not, not to slight Ju- Juliet. Juliet's great, but it's, it, it could yeah. be Tommy's direction, really. <laughs> you know, probably people can't focus on the food and the talking. Yeah, one at a time. Yeah, it, the blocking in the scene's already off because they they just moved the couch to put it where it always is. So they're prepping for the party by moving things to their normal places, and it's 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 weird. Then Lisa points out. Well, Michelle says you're, you're too, too much, much for me, Lisa. Lisa. And Lisa says you, you know, know you're, you're not, not such an angel yourself, yourself. Which, since we've seen her bring a boyfriend to someone else's apartment, I guess that's fair. Yeah. Yep. I, I forget that Michelle's in multiple scenes in this. To be honest. Yeah, I mean, this scene included what I thought was one of her worst line readings, but overall, she's pretty good, and she's in. But this is her third scene, I think, and she's got she's got a scene at the party that's pretty good with Stephen. Makes us miss Peter. We'll get to that later. Everything's just so awkward in this scene. Like, I can't figure out what it is that makes it such. It's just... Well, yeah. I mean... It it feels like they couldn't think of how to end the scene. I don't know Tommy's directing style, but it feels almost like they're being held at gunpoint to say the lines. (laughs) I don't really want to say them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, he wouldn't let him ad-lib. He wouldn't let him change dialogue. They're stuck on set, whether they have a scene or not, because they never know when they're going to have a scene. So that, that, that's not wrong. I mean, I don't think there was actually a gun ever, but it's kind of if you want to keep the job and get paid, you got to stick around and just say what he wants you to say. And all the respect to the cast for actually sticking around, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. They, and, well, and also respect to Peter for leaving yeah. when he had something else on his schedule. <laughs> He's like, fuck you, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm done. So Michelle hits uh, Lisa with a pillow. The pillow fight doesn't go very far because Lisa says, stop. <laughs> Are you trying to ruin my party? (laughs) Having a pillow fight before a party ruins the party. Well, she's keeping her from setting it up, you know, from getting out even more carbs from that bag. She's got bread and crisps to lay out. And we cut to the Golden Gate Bridge. Yay, San Francisco. And we cut to Mark and Johnny jogging in the woods. The editing issue with this sequence and the last scene of Mark and Johnny playing football in the park is that her setting up the party means this is the day of the party. We're going to see, I think it's next minute, a transition tonight and then the next day. Someone messed up the editing here. And this scene should actually be later. It should be tomorrow, after Lisa talks to Claudette. The whole running thing is some of the better cinematography in the film. Well, it is nice, yeah, because it's they just had... I don't even know who the camera... It might have been the third DP that was doing that. But it was simpler because I think they only used one camera for those sequences. Because they had to get them around without, they didn't have permits, so they just take them to a location, film something, and move on. And so I think it was a little simpler. I don't know exactly where they filmed this sequence, but it's probably just the north side of the bay. It could be in the park, in right in San Francisco as well. The park is freaking huge, so 
only time I've been in it was driving on the highway through the middle of it. I've never been to San Francisco. It's okay. It's surprisingly fun to walk around because all the hills and stuff. We get the start, this will continue into next minute more, but we get the start of uh, Mark and Johnny running around first in the woods. Sort of ran, here the conversation at least seems like they might have said it at the scene because they're talking about something and then Mark's like, catch me, come on, and he starts sprinting. The dialogue will get much worse and random next minute, although it's kind of interesting, but we'll get to that next uh, next time. Every time I see the Golden Gate Bridge, I'm like, whatever happened to predictability? Like, it's impossible to not. It's funny <laughs> how they keep on reminding us that they're in Sanford. Like, oh my god, I forget where it's filmed. Like, oh my god, it's been five minutes, I yeah. forget. Oh well, yeah, it's not I filmed forget inside. where it's supposed to be based at. Oh my god, yeah. San Francisco. <laughs> There's no reason for it to be in San Francisco. It doesn't add anything to the story. It just, hmm. It's just what... Tommy wrote because he he lived mostly in San Francisco when he was hometown this. pride basically. You know, <laughs> shots of San Francisco do feel almost kind of out of place yeah, with the rest of the film. Well, they are. They were filmed last. They were filmed as a separate thing. Was that second unit, or would it have just been done by the well crew in a in a movie with a real budget? It would have been second unit, but no, it was Tommy. It was Mark. It was the guy with the camera and like one other person. It was like four people. Just went around and shot things. So it seems that that was incidentally the one part of the film where they knew what they were doing. I think they'd gotten better at it. And if it was this third DP and not some other guy, then yeah, he he was doing a better job. He knew what he wanted. And I, I'm pretty sure I was right when I said uh, they only were using one camera for this. So the setups were easier. Mm. It's just go to a location, shoot something, go to a different location, shoot something. They didn't have to worry about being weirdly out of focus. And When you're doing B-roll like establishing shots, it's much easier to get a good shot because you don't have to get something specific. You just have to get something. Yeah. And you can you can reuse B-roll establishing shots as well. Oddly, I, I did think maybe they had used a few of the Golden Gate shots more than once, but I double-checked and no, they were different. Maybe it was the same shot, but they cut it so that you never see the same moment. Good. I was like looking at the vehicles. I'm like, okay, there's a truck. Is the truck still there now? He's gone. Okay, I'm like, good. They didn't just use the same shot. They put good effort into what would be the second unit then. Like, Yeah, yeah. Because other than stuff like this, like no one had noticed. Well, no. I think it's what separates it from feeling like a uh, like a sitcom where everything's in. I mean, it would play well as a stage play because so much is set in that same, you know, the room. But if it was filmed that way as a movie, it would feel weird, I think. They'd done performances of it as a stage play. As far as I know, no. Tommy wouldn't allow that. Unless he was involved and he's always busy doing other stuff. I feel like I've, I might have seen like a video of like someone doing a scene on stage, but I don't know. If oh, probably. Like proper... Probably. It's a shame because it would be interesting to see whether it could be made to work in that format. I mean, yeah, the dialogue will still be bad, but like it directed by someone else, done on the stage format. Yeah. What you would need is to have Tommy Wiseau not be involved. Yeah. So that you could change dialogue if you want to, because the plot is fine hmm. and. You change the pacing, fix the blocking, and get actors actually trying to embody these characters, and it could be a pretty good story. So in terms of the script, at what point did he decide to not make it a stage play and to make it a screenplay? I have no like, idea. Did he write the script as a stage play? I don't know. The The supposed original script that is formatted more like a stage play is mostly fake, and the script that you can officially get is clearly put together after the movie was done. 
And so anything in between isn't available. So it's hard to gauge what they did when. I guess since the cast didn't get their scripts, we shouldn't either. <laughs> right. Notes from a midnight screening. Lisa starts to go to the bag and you get random people being like, tell us what's in the bag. What's in the bag? What's in the bag? And then when she does her little uh, lines and grabs one thing, grabs one thing, they're just like, carbs, 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 because it's bread, chips, and more chips. They, everyone screams pillow fight when the pillow fight starts, but I really wish, and I, I'm tempted to go to like, I need to go to a bunch of screenings to make this happen or get in like a Reddit feed or something. I want people to chant sex scene six when the pillow fight starts. <laughs> because when Johnny tackled Mark onto the ground, people were chanting sex scene five, even though there was no sex. So this would be a good sex scene six, but they don't do it. In fact, I've just realized in your comments of midnight screenings that yeah. I, for my birthday, I, I invited some friends around to watch the room. Nice. And it was one of the worst experiences of sharing a film with anyone ever. Why? The sex scenes were so much longer than I'd remembered. Uh, oh, yeah. I think only, like three minutes long. Only one of like, I think I only had like five people there, but only one of them. Well, first, loads of people ended up dropping out really quickly. So we started with like 10 and shortened down to five. <laughs> only one of those five actually appreciated the idea of a bad movie. <laughs> the rest of them kind of changed the way that they viewed me after watching the oh, film. No. <laughs> <laughs> Which was and it was just like, oh, can we just get this over and done with? Like, it was, it's, it's funny in hindsight, but I'm thinking, why didn't I just get them to watch About Time or something? Like, why, why did I think that what, what became very random group of different people I know would appreciate this? It's a shame. Yeah, if you, if you don't have the right people, yeah, people don't like, even if they know something's a bad movie going in, some people just don't like them. You know, they don't want to watch something they know is bad. Yeah. I think the one thing we all laughed at, which I think I mentioned to you, was was the line about if I was a burglar, you'd be my best friend. Yeah, yeah. That's the one thing which like we were all but the rest of it it was just yeah, it was sort of just an uncomfortably long viewing experience. Which is kind of annoying because my dad was telling me for ages, he was like, It's not a good film to share with people. He's like with the sex scenes and everything, I wouldn't advise it. And then as soon as I finished I was like, Yeah, you were right. Well, if I do my edit of it, you can show them that one because it will have fewer sex scenes. I think that's now, there's a version that I saw on YouTube the other day where they just cut out the sex scenes, which was interesting. I hadn't watched it, but I thought, why wasn't that one available? <laughs> but then either way, however uncomfortable they are, I'm a bit of a completionist, so I would kind of want them to watch the actual film. Yeah, although, to be fair, the movie only needs one sex scene. It needs Mark and Lisa on the stairs. Every sex scene in the bedroom yeah. is superfluous. Yeah. I'd allow maybe one of Tommy and Lisa and one of Mark and Lisa, like, to suggest... Or actually, maybe, yeah, maybe not having one of I, I guess you Tommy could start the first one with Johnny and Lisa because, you know, they, if you're leaving Denny in the movie, you need him to be the creepy little freak who goes upstairs. And you need to know that her trying on the new dress led to them having sex. Okay, fine. Then cut to the next morning where he wakes up to go to work. But yeah, it would be kind of good to have, to sort of express that there's more intimacy between Lisa and Mark yeah. than there is between Lisa and Johnny, yeah. So yeah, I, I just really want to go to one of the midnight, midnight screenings at some point. Oh, but they're fine. They're all 18 plus, so i got to wait two years. <laughs> but also it's in London and that's like four hours drive. I'm not risking it for four hours. <laughs> Four-hour drive just to see the room. <laughs> is Tommy Wiseau, his Love is Blind tour, 
each year or whenever. Yeah. It does it tends to be that he's in London in February. Huh. My birthday's on the first of March. Ooh. I could possibly manage it then. Yeah. Like if I go like the week before I turn eighteen. Just spend like a weekend in London. Yeah. That's just one just, thing you do. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'd have to do other things. I would not be able to persuade my parents to travel down to London just to watch for a this. film I have <laughs> don't like. Well, if you're waiting till um, you're eighteen, don't even take your parents. You know. Good point. Go with yeah. friends. And it's those few friends who survived the screening before. Yeah. <laughs> the one person who didn't mind it that much. Go with him. I think it's just important to make sure we have the right people. Yeah. yeah. And I need to find the right people. <laughs> but I, I think, yeah, I think it's, 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 it's advised, isn't it, that you see the film first before you go to the midnight screening? I would recommend that, yes. Like I couldn't just drag someone along. Because of the audience, especially if it's a sold, like it's on his tour and it's going to be sold out, you'll miss some stuff. Mm. It's super fun, but you'd probably be confused. I think you need to have seen the movie at least once just to know everything that happens. Well, heck, I'm doing a film course in college, so at least like I'll know people then. Oh, yeah. Hopefully. There is actually a picture of Tommy Wiseau on the wall in the class when nice. we were doing the tours around. I can't remember what it was. It was an example of a type of shot, and I can't remember what type of shot it was, but it was a picture of Tommy Wiseau, and I remember thinking, this is the college I want to go to. <laughs> Not just because of that, but, but that was one of the things where I was like, yeah, I feel at home here. Anyway, Golden Gate Bridge, we get water. You got to scream water. And because the shot is moving along the bridge, you go, 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 go. And you got to cheer on the camera. When Mark starts sprinting and Tommy's trying to keep up, and you can tell it, he can't keep up. The audience, of course, cheers for Tommy because they want him to win. And that's all I got for minute 73. So, Luke. Where can the audience hear more from you? Uh, the audience can hear my show Please Be Seated, which is currently on hiatus. It might come back at some point. That's available on iTunes, Spotify, all good podcast platforms, on Twitter at Please Be Tweeted, probably on Facebook at some... I don't know, just search it on Facebook. Me and Robert co-host Two Minutes About Time, where we take a look at the Richard Curtis rom-com About Time, Two Minutes at a Time. You can find that on all good podcast platforms and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Two Mins About Time. We've got a Facebook group called The Cupboard. And you can find me on Twitter at Llama underscore Bottle Zero, Instagram at The Ginger Luke, Facebook at Luke Allen Film, and all podcasts, radio appearances, short films, all available at LukeAllen.co.uk. So it's nothing wrong when people make fun of the project, in this case, The Room. The Room Minute is a production of Lemming Drops Studio. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Follow The Room Minute on all the obvious social media. If you've got any stupid comments after the show, you can leave them in your pocket on Facebook. If you like what you hear, throw us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice. Thank you for listening. And remember, if a lot of people loved each other, the world would be a better place to live. Leave us! <laughs> <laughs>